Welcome to Marketing Live for Thursday, February 23rd, 2017. I'm your host, Rob Zinkin. I am Associate Vice President for Marketing at Indiana University. I'm at our IUPUI campus today in downtown Indianapolis, where somehow it's 65 degrees here in uh, late February. And today we're going to help you create and spark creativity and creative ideas in your marketing team. And we'll meet our guests in just a moment. But first, Marketing Live is part of the Higher Ed Live Network. Our episodes offer you direct access to the best and brightest minds in education. Be part of our live broadcast by sharing your knowledge. You can participate in today's discussion by tweeting us during the broadcast using Higher Ed Live hashtag. All of our episodes are free and easy to access in the video archives at higheredlive.com or take Higher Ed Live with you on the go by subscribing to the podcast. Higher Ed Live is produced by M. Stoner, a digital-first agency committed to tailored solutions that drive real results. Trusted by thousands of higher ed professionals, M. Stoner webinars are jam-packed with timely, strategic, and actionable knowledge. Check out our library of on-demand content from digital storytelling to myth-busting websites. We'll be tweeting out a link in just a moment for that. Well, it's my pleasure to welcome two marketing pros from Oregon State University for today's episode. Melody Oldfield is Assistant Vice President for University Relations and Marketing at Oregon State. She's been there since 1999 and has implemented marketing strategies that have increased visibility and enrollment and alumni engagement. And many of our viewers are probably familiar with the award-winning Powered by Orange campaign. And Laura Shields is Associate Director of University Marketing at Oregon State, and she has been there since 2009. She advances the institution's brand through strategic marketing communications and creative services, and she and her team also manage university-level web content and social media networks. So welcome to you both. Thank you. We're glad to be here. Happy to be here. Well, great. I have to mention the college baseball season just started last week, last weekend. And your top five ranked team dealt my Indiana Hoosiers a yeah, couple of close losses. <laughs> yes, so they did. <laughs> I'd like to see a rematch come June in the postseason. So I'm just I'm just putting that out there. We would love that, absolutely, as well. <laughs> well, I, I just provided some very basic bio info, and so to start, I'd love to give viewers a bit more on your backgrounds and for them to understand what has influenced you. So I'll ask if you could share something from your professional journey, something that has had a, a lasting impact on your career and your career path. So Melody, let's start with you. Okay, um, so I feel like my career path has been somewhat in a zigzag. I started out uh, in an ad agency in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, working for you know, where I was on the agency side and we had clients then moved to Wachovia Bank, which could not have been more different than an ad agency, <laughs> um, especially with the, the people and the wingtips and things like that, you know, just the culture there. Um, when I was looking to move out of Atlanta, uh, we actually moved to Oregon for the state of Oregon. It wasn't because I was looking to move to higher ed. It wasn't because I was looking for a new job. We just wanted to moved to the West Coast and Oregon was the place we wanted to be. So I started looking for work and landed here at Oregon State University and feel like that has been just the right fit for me and a very good fit. Um, it's something that I really enjoy being on the client side and that's that's been an excellent experience for me. Great. And Laura, how about you? Anything noteworthy that has helped shape your career? Sure. Well, I, um, prior to working in higher education, I had more of a traditional public relations background, um, working both at um, an agency and then also working for MGM Resorts International, which is a, a gaming company in Las Vegas. Um, and I feel like my experience there was actually pretty unique in that um, I worked in a corporate department that was the corporate diversity and community affairs department um, doing public relations for that effort, which um, as we know now, you know, diversity and, in and inclusivity is such a, a prominent topic. And so I, that, I feel like that gave me just a different perspective that I bring to the work that we do every day. I mean, marketing is so much about tailoring your message to your audience. And, and so I feel like that really gave me um, a strong foundation and different lens by which to, to do that work with. Um, and 
the, the one thing that those experiences taught me that I wanted to point out was just the importance of, um, that mentors really taught me was the importance of relationship building um, and keeping those relationships over time. Um, I think it's easy, you know, especially now that people are very mobile and, and moving jobs um, somewhat frequently, that it can be easy to um, lose touch with people that you've worked with in various roles. And, and even though some of those colleagues don't work in, in higher ed, I still find their feedback valuable to the work that we do. And so just maintaining those relationships, whether um, it's previous supervisors or, or other colleagues, I think has been really important for me. Yeah, and I would say um, similar to that, I, I don't feel like I've had one mentor that was the end all in mentoring me. Um, I've been very fortunate to work with some really great people and I try to learn as much as I can from each one of those because they all have something different to offer. And so not feeling the pressure of, oh, do I have a mentor in my professional career, but just looking around and, and making sure I just take advantage of the creative and wonderful people that I work with. Yeah. Well, I'm sure everyone is eager to get takeaways on how they can spark creative ideas in their marketing team, myself included. I'm eager to do that too, but let's start by talking about the problem and getting a sense from your perspective, what are those, what are those symptoms of when you, when you know your team is in a rut and needs that spark or, or even what are some of the causes that lead to your team being in that position where you know it's, it's time to, it's time to do something. I think that, um, we're, we're in the central communications office here at Oregon State, and what that means is we work on a lot of projects, a lot of the same projects on an annual basis. So that in itself can be a problem in that, you know, the client will say, oh, I just want to update it this year. Don't make many changes to it. We don't have to think about it from a bigger perspective. Let's just update it. And, and that gets to be real easy to fall into that situation where, um, okay, yeah, we'll just, we'll do that. And so just the, the repeat projects like that can be a little bit of the problem and allow you to get into a rut where you're not thinking outside of the box or um, outside of the norm of what you've done before. And so I think that that is one of the situations that places us in that rut. And, it, and it's easy to tell, you know, the, you can tell from the work, you can tell from the attitudes towards the work, um, just the, the, feeling throughout the office or, you know, we, we work with creative people and when they're bored, it's not good. <laughs> this is not a, this is not a good thing when they're bored and they, they do get bored. We all do. Uh, so I think just being in tune with your staff is really important so that you recognize that the situation is getting to a place where you need to do something about it. So. Yeah. I mean, and I think another contributor to falling into a rut is just the pressure of producing as much work as you can as fast as you can. And so it's really easy to fall into the routine of just trying to get something out the door. And, and creativity really does take time and, and patience. And so you, you know, a lot of times, I mean, you know, last minute projects always seem to be the norm. You know, we always talk about, we have these well-defined processes and we go through these different steps to execute creative projects, but you know, in more and more we're finding that you know you get that phone call that someone needs something next week or in a couple of weeks and then you're really just um throwing your process out the window and trying right. to get something out as fast as you can and you that's where i feel like you lose those opportunities to really take a step back and take a time out to be creative and mm -hmm. and think about um whether you're approaching something in, in the right way um and and we all get caught in that trap and those projects are unavoidable and so for us, you know, we really have to um, find the right kinds of projects where we can take the time and also really not be afraid to, um, where possible, ask our clients if they're willing to give us more time as well. Sometimes the, the deadlines that they impose on themselves and us are, are more arbitrary. And so, you know, where would <laughs> they, can we get it as soon as possible? Right. Do you have to have it as soon as possible or is there really a little bit more time and so how 
having that conversation with them, I think, is really important. And and we really do try to tell them that that they will get better work from our office and from our team if, if we're able to to take a little bit more time to do so. And and yeah, like Melody said, I think there are times where you can just tell um, you know when a, a designer tosses out a, a design for something that you can tell that sometimes they probably just did it for the sake of doing it versus infusing a little bit of themselves into the project. Right. And yeah, that's a, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Laura said something that I think is really, really important, and I had heard this from a guest speaker at um, one of our retreats a number of years ago, and what he said was, you have to take the time to be creative. And if you take nothing else away from, from our talk today, that's a big one. Um, it is something that doesn't just happen spur of the moment or spontaneously. You do have to take the time to be creative, which sounds a little you know, counterintuitive when you think, oh, creativity is, you know, spontaneous. But I agree, such an important point, especially working with colleagues across an institution who may not understand that creative process. And as you said, they just expect the magic to, to happen. <laughs> well, during your AMA presentation, one of the things that, that certainly resonated was the, the comment that we're all creative individuals and it is within that group dynamic that creativity can either flourish or get trampled and lost. And I'd love to unpack that comment, especially the group dynamic piece of that. So um, either either of you uh, who would like to jump into that, I think that's such a, uh, a point that, that resonates on this topic. Yeah, and, and I'll go ahead and start and I'll let Melody um, chime in. But, you know, our work is not individual work. You know, we're not sitting in a corner somewhere um, only minding our own business and, and and executing the work that we need to do. Our, our work is very, I mean, every project is a team project, you know, whether that for us, that's graphic designers, writers, project managers, um, you know, digital experts, whoever that is, um, you know, no project is completed by one person by themselves. And so, you know, we've all worked in enough groups to know that um, people are dynamic and you can have that person that really brings energy to a group and, and adds that spark during conversation. And yet you also have some of those people that um, sometimes suck the energy from a group. And frankly, that, that person can be the same person um, that, you know, and, and people can fit both of those roles depending on the day, depending on the mood, um, depending on the project. Um, and so, it, you know, it, it really is this elastic, flexible relationship that we all that we all work in. And so, you know, our team, what we have found brings the most success for us and being able to stay creative is really paying attention to that group dynamic. There's a lot of care and feeding that goes into maintaining and, and fostering this environment that we work in and, and, you know, working with our team, you know, they're just like any other relationship, there are cycles, highs and lows and, and everything in between. And, and I think we really pay attention to that and then try to do different activities or approach things in a way that we're, we're just being mindful of that. Well, and it, and it is about that relationship. You need to make sure that your team members have relationships with each other. Um, coming to this job and as Laura said, you know, doing their thing at their desk, it is about working together and having that relationship with each other. Well, one of the things that, that has impressed me, and, and I mentioned your, the length of your tenures at, at Oregon State in the intro, and your point about relationship building, but also the, the culture piece of this. And we know that culture, building a culture, changing a culture doesn't happen overnight. And you have both been there for several years at Oregon State. So uh, could you share a bit about the, the process of, of changing the culture or creating that culture that is very conducive to creative work? Um, I appreciate the several years and not making me sound so old since I've been here <laughs> almost 18, but thank you. <laughs> you started very young. I did start very young. I was, I'm sure, 12. Um, yeah, I think it's something that for me from a leadership position that I think a lot about. We, we want to create a culture um, of creativity, of fostering those relationships because we recognize that, as you said, you do you do get more longevity out of your employees. You know, people people move, people look for other jobs, but it's something that we've managed to um, 
be pretty successful at keeping people here in Corvallis, which is a fairly small town in Oregon, um, hour and a half from Portland. You know, and when you've got creative people, frequently they like a bigger, more urban life. So um, it's something that we recognize that is a, a really strong part of not only keeping people here, but recruiting people here. You know, you want this to be a really good place to work. You want people to have a sense of the culture when they come in and interview. Um, so you, you want to build that and make sure that it lasts, and you want to put things in place to keep that going. Yeah, no, and, and I think um, the we're not a solitary unit in that endeavor on our campus. Oregon State, in general, is a very collaborative campus, and so you, you know, probably like a lot of campuses, you know, there's a lot of cross-functional teams or committees, and and so I find that it's not just something that's supported only in our office; that it really is something that is supported at at the highest levels at the university and and. Um, you know, I, I don't know that anyone has ever looked on our office and thought, oh, what, they're doing too much, they're being too creative, they're, for whatever reason, what they're doing is not working, and so, um, you know, it, it's nice that it's, it, we don't live in a bubble that way here on our campus. You know, and so part of that culture, um, you know, you want to make sure that people feel like that they can try new ideas, that their ideas are welcome, that if for whatever reason their idea fails, that's okay too. Um, you want to give them that power and empower them to bring those things to us, um, bring it to the group as a whole, and just look outside of their normal daily work. Uh, so again, that's part of that culture that we want to set up. Yeah, I, I was going to ask specifically about that point after Laura mentioned the, the collaboration, obviously collaborating with, with all sorts of uh, entities throughout the throughout the university and we work in higher ed, we're very consensus driven and, and lots of folks around the table and I always think of the Seth Godin quote that when a committee gets involved we, we round off the, the corners and uh, we make it boring or safe. Um, with, with more voices at the table, which on one hand is good, but also tends to uh, lead to a, a result or uh, work that is safer. And so how you how you balance that with giving your, or pushing your team to, to push the envelope and not be afraid to, to fail or um, look at something from a completely different angle, but at the same time, bring colleagues along and coach them and, um, and, and maybe push their boundaries as well during that process. So, do you have specific techniques as to how you, uh, not only how you work within your team, but in terms of bringing those colleagues, uh, faculty, fellow staff members, administrators along with you on that creative journey, if you will? Um, one, uh, one idea and one uh, tactic that we use, we do have other groups across campus, so our designers, um, have a monthly designer meeting all across, so it's every designer across campus comes together and they have a meeting once a month, and they just, they'll show their work, they talk about, you know, what we're doing, what they're doing, um, so it's a good time for them to build community just as designers across campus, same thing with writers, um, or the marketing strategists for campus, so we, we try to take it even further than just our group here in university relations and marketing and make sure that we're bringing in others across campus. Um, so that's one example of that. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing is is knowing um, how to demonstrate the value of this, not just the marketing work that we do, but putting in the effort to be creative. I mean, when you, even describing it the way you did about not being afraid to fail or experimenting or bring others in, I mean, that's something that researchers or, or people do across campus with what across campus with whatever it is their area of expertise is and really the approach should be no different to marketing and so you know for other administrators especially you know if they're willing to support that idea and in academic units across campus then you know you can usually bring them onto the same page when it comes to to marketing and and I think that you know it's it's creativity is not just about having fun um, but you know you can really link it to the bottom line I mean we're in higher ed it's an increasingly competitive environment we're all going after the same students we all have inherently the, the same product that we're we're selling and and so how do we differentiate ourselves and um, you know I think 
when we can be more creative in our approach and in our marketing efforts, then, and then we are going to yield some results. And we have, you know, we, we're not always in the position to, to share the numbers that our really wonderful creative view book is what brought that student in from, you know, who knows where, but, but those offices do start to appreciate and see the value of our creativity and our work. So, um, and, and then they're willing to be champions on our behalf. So it's not just us saying that taking the time to be creative is important, but we'll hear it from admissions or colleagues in other units. Um, and so, you know, they're generally, then there isn't quite as much pushback as you would find. Well, it also gets back to that relationship building. You know, it's not just something that we do internally in our department. You have to really work to go out across campus, um, not only with your other creative staff across campus, but with those deans, with the enrollment management, um, vice provost. With, with the faculty person that will tell you, oh, that's just marketing. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, so, you know, you have to build that reputation, too. And that gets back to the relationship building and something that I think is very important because if they have a better understanding of what you do, um, then they have a stronger appreciation of the work. Well, you both had mentioned your previous experience outside of education, and Lori, I know you touched on this already a bit, but I'm interested in how that experience has shaped your, your philosophy and your approach to this, and have you brought best practices from those experiences outside of higher education to your work at Oregon State in terms of making sure your, your team is doing the, um, you know, the most effective work, but being as able to be as creative as they possibly can in their day-to-day -day work? I had the good fortune to start with an advertising agency, which um, had some just wonderful, wonderful creative people, and again, had a really good culture. So um, for me, that was a huge benefit to start my career in a place that um, set us up for that kind of support and success. And that's something that I really have tried hard to emulate here. Because um, again, working with super creative people and um, a really tight-knit group of people. And, and so I feel really fortunate that that was a foundation when I started out. Yeah, and I, I think my previous experience, my, um, my mentor at MGM always had a good way of um, presenting ideas to me that really made them stick. And, and so when we, she would talk about inclusivity, it was really about um, people feeling comfortable to bring their ideas to the table and reminding me that the table might look different or not be the same for everybody. So while some people really enjoy a large brainstorming meeting and spitballing ideas and, and saying things in front of others, Others do not. That makes them really uncomfortable and can really stifle their creativity. And so as a leader now and as a manager of a creative staff, I really try to be mindful of providing the, the spaces for people that they need, not just the spaces that are convenient for me um, when it comes to brainstorming and, and creativity. And, and so, you know, our doors are always open. Um, you know, if someone wants to uh, be more anonymous in their idea sharing, we welcome that. I mean, we really try to tell them that it doesn't really matter the way in which the idea comes as long as they're comfortable sharing the idea. Um, and so that's something that she really taught me. Um, and then something that is really important in the realm of diversity is delivering on the promise that you make to people. And I think in, in marketing that is also incredibly important. And, and marketing isn't just about showing your best face, um, but you need to make sure that it's layered with authenticity. And, and that's something that we value highly at Oregon State. Um, and, you know, I think when we are able to be our most creative and our team really infuses themselves in the work, then it, it adds that layer of authenticity to it that, that you don't get sometimes when you're just, you know, right. trying to approach it from another way. So, I mean, both of those things have been really valuable for me just as a creative person and then also as a leader of creative people. And I think you, um, it's vital that you understand, as Laura said, um, who you're working with, you know, how do they respond well to whatever situation? What is their best method of coming up with a good idea? Um, if it's not in a big group, what might that be? And so t you have to take the time to get to know those people and understand their the way their, their mind works and what is best for them. And years ago, and probably 10 years ago, one of our um, previous VPs had us do the Myers-Briggs training. And 
I, that was really valuable for me because then I understood that there were people that did not think the same way and didn't process things the same way that I did. Uh, so to look at my more introverted thinking graphic designers and understand that I need to give them, um, throw something out there and give them some information and then let them go think about it for a little while. Then they'll come back with extraordinary ideas, but they're not necessarily going to pop those out right then because that's just not the way they process information. Whereas some of the others, like me, more external thinking, you pretty much are going to know what I'm thinking because it's coming out of my mouth right then. Um, so just understanding the differences in, in people and the way they work is huge. Just a quick reminder, if you have questions or comments for Melody or Laura, feel free to join the discussion. Just send a tweet and use that higher ed live hashtag. And so we've touched on some of these guiding principles and, and overall approach. So would like to, to now venture into specific strategies and tactics that you have employed at Oregon State with your team. And in your recent presentation, you, you reference play and the strategic use of play, and probably those two words aren't often used <laughs> together, uh, play and strategic. So uh, interested to hear what that looks like and how, how can play be used strategically? And are there specific examples of ways that you have utilized that with your team and, and what's worked well for you? Sure, so I mean, to start, you know, play is important at work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you are able to take some time and um, provide a more relaxed environment and activity for people to participate in. We find that we share things with each other that we wouldn't share otherwise during the course of working on a project or the normal work day. Um, people just loosen up a little bit and, and show more of themselves. And again, that goes back to really getting to know your team um, at a level that's beyond just the function that they do at work. And so um, you know, this for us, this could be anything from literally playing games and, and having fun or, you know, going, you know, we, luckily we work on a campus that has a lot of different areas for us to utilize and, and visit. And it could just be that spur of the moment Friday afternoon during the summer and we all go make a frozen yogurt run um, to going in our um, space where we have a large whiteboard and playing a game of Pictionary. Um, but there are also times that we use play, like you said, really strategically because there is another goal that we're trying to achieve. And so one example of something that we did that was both strategic and creative was, so Oregon State has facilities and, and campuses in, in various parts of the state, one of which is located in Newport, Oregon, which is on the coast. And so we trip, took a trip out to, to Newport so that we could just familiarize ourselves with our research facility, get to know the people that worked out there and more about what they do. Um, but we also used it as an opportunity to develop some actual skills. And so, you know, we all work on um, campuses where resources are often tight and people wear many hats. Um, and we talked about last minute requests earlier and, and sometimes those are last minute requests for photography. Um, and so, you know, you don't always have and video. The and video, yes. You don't always have the chance to, um, you know, call in a photographer. We don't have one on our staff. And so we recognized that photography was a, a personal area of interest for a lot of our team. Um, in addition to being something that would be valuable for us to develop those skills so that we could be in the position to go out and, and shoot photos or video when needed. And so we took equipment with us out to the coast at Newport and did a photo and video scavenger hunt. So again, a, a more fun approach to the activity itself rather than sitting in a lecture hall learning about the basics of these activities. Um, you know, we, we almost made like a contest out of it and, and sent people out with this equipment to get photos while we were out at the coast. Um, and then we came back after that trip and shared the photos and videos that everyone took. And we got some really nice materials, materials that we could actually use um, in our work. And then we also even just made a poster um, to remind ourselves of the great photos that we took in the trip that we took. And again, you know, those are those things that create the culture and everyone hung up their posters. We autographed them for each other. You know, it was something that everyone at the end of the day walked away feeling really good about, had a lot of fun, and yet we, we got some real tangible results out of. 
Right. So the, the strategic side of that was we needed to understand what was going on at our um, Marine Science Center out in Newport. And so it was worth taking the half day for us to go out there, take a tour of the facility, meet the people there, but then also do some professional development with learning um, and honing some photography and video skills. So that's where you can balance the, the play side with the strategy side. Well, I don't know if you have any openings in your staff, but uh, the more I hear, I'm guessing listeners, viewers would probably be interested in uh, to be a part of this team and, and your approach to that. So, so kudos. Um, thank you. We have a web position open, so feel free, okay. free to apply. We do come up um, somewhat every now and again, but yeah, I mean, I think it, like like you said, I mean, it's it's we create a space that people want to come to work every day. Um, you know, it by no means is perfect. It's not always hearts and butterflies all the time, as we all know. But I think in large part, if you ask not just our staff, but like Melody said, others across campus, I think, um, you know, people enjoy working here. They admire the work that we do. They appreciate the space that we have created for our team. Um, we never get turned down to have meetings over here in our office right. space um, because I think it's just it's it's comfortable um, it's dynamic and vibrant um, and and yeah people it, it just people seem to gravitate towards it well and when you also call up um, the Marine Science Center out in Newport and say you want to bring 15 people out there to learn more about them they really appreciate that like wow somebody cares about us and this is the marketing team, so maybe they'll talk about us more. And again, you know, we built some relationships, and now we know who to call. They know who to call, and and it was a learning process for all of us. And and do you find yourselves, or you and your team, facilitating any sort of this this uh, approach of or similar exercises as you engage with partners throughout the throughout the university? And so some of these processes and approaches that you take. Uh, and do with your staff? Do you uh, incorporate those into your um, those engagements that you may have with with other teams, and uh, position yourselves as as thought leaders overall when it comes to to creativity on the Oregon State campus? I think so. I think it's something that um, again through the communities that we have, whether it's graphic designers or web communities. Uh, you know, we want to make sure we share what we're doing, whether it's the, the work or the play, and so that they have an understanding of how this can help them too, because there are a number of other teams across campus that, um, you know, they need this kind of support and help and empowerment as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, we've seen some other creative teams. We're unique um, at our campus, like Melly said, we're the central unit. Our team is larger than most communications and marketing staff across campus. Um, but I do think um, others have modeled some of the things that we the do. Field trips. The field trips, people really like those. Um, and, and we're not afraid to talk about it. You know, this isn't something that we feel scared to talk about, like, right. like sometimes you might think. Um, but no, people, people really value hearing what we do, what works, what's not successful. We're not afraid to share what that is. Um, and, and yeah, I think others model it across campus when they can too. Well, I know you have a, a top 10 list from your recent presentation on, on how to change the game and would love for you to, to share some of those tips. I know you've referenced some of them, but uh, in thinking about uh, fellow marketers who are, are listening and as they think about their work and, and what are some of those things that you would, uh, you would prod uh, and encourage them to be thinking about or specific things that they could they could do this afternoon or they could do tomorrow sure. or any advice that you could provide. Yeah, um, so I'll just start going through our top 10 list. I will preface this by saying it is not rocket science. Um, <laughs> and so hopefully these are actually really tangible, easy to implement tips, um, whether it's all of them or some of them or whatever works for, for everybody's teams. But, um, and they're easily adjustable to your own circumstances. Exactly. Um, and so our tip number one is, is get outside. You know, I think most people find that, you know, when you're on vacation, for example, or you take a hike in a forest or walk along a beach or something like that, there's, you have a visceral reaction, you're, you take a deep breath, you feel more relaxed um, oftentimes. And so you can tell there's something that physically and mentally happens when, when people are outside doing activities. And so 
you know, when, why stifle creativity by staying indoors all the time? So maybe it's going to, you know, and our campuses are beautiful. And so why not go to a quad area or, you know, a park or wherever it is and just get outside to do some brainstorming or have some conversations. And for us in Oregon, that is very weather dependent um, <laughs> and better during certain parts of the year. But we, we do try to do that. You know, you can have a, a walking tour of campus. Or, well, yeah, you know, it can be just that walk over to get frozen yogurt together and you have a topic or you want people to talk about something. You can have that walking meeting um, with a destination maybe in mind. Right. Um, and that kind of leads us into tip number two, which is break the routine. Um, you know, a lot of us get stuck in, you know, we have weekly staff meetings the same time every day in the same place. And what you probably find is that, you know, especially if you're going into a conference room, people sit at the same place around the table. Mm -hmm. um, and so just trying to find ways, you know, we're creatures of habit and this can be hard, but just finding ways to, to shake that up a little. Maybe it's rotating where you have your meetings. And this is also another way that you can also get to know other people or explore other venues on your campus. Um, you know, maybe that's uh, changing the time, maybe for a while it's at a one day, one time, and then you switch it up a little bit the next year or whatever it is. Um, but just finding ways to break out of the mold, I think, well, is really important. That gets back to that um, recognizing when you're in a rut mm -hmm. and figuring out how you can break out of that, that normal routine and bring something else to the table. Um, and so tip number three is schedule the time. Like we said, this takes work. Um, and it takes the time to pause and, and, and be creative or have fun. And, and so we have monthly time that we use on a Friday afternoon when chances are your batteries are running a little low anyway and you could use that shot of energy. Um, we schedule the time. We rotate the responsibility of planning this time among our staff so it doesn't fall on just one person. And it's their time to plan. And we have done everything from a Myers-Briggs assessment we last week just talked and um, drew what our spirit animals would be. Um, we have- That was interesting for those of us that don't draw very well. <laughs> Luckily we had some graphic design help when it came to drawing everyone's spirit animal. But, but again, it's, it's just taking the time out um, to allow yourself to have fun and be creative. And that particular one, getting back to the strategy versus the play, um, we did some restructuring within our division last summer back in June and so for the marketing office we added um, an, an additional five people. Now they came from other departments within our division so we knew them but we didn't know them that well and what I wanted to do was make sure that we had scheduled time once a month to encourage us to get to know each other, encourage us to understand each other better so that we worked um, more closely as a team. And so that's what we have started with these monthly um, get to know each other sessions. And, and we have tried in the past um, to have like an events coordinator. So where, you know, Laura was that position at one point or another person on our team. And, and that gets to be really a lot for one person to manage. So what we've done this time starting in the fall was, as Laura said, we divvied it up. So each person gets to decide what we're going to do each month. And it's been very interesting to see what everybody has come up with. Yeah, it, it really has um, run the gambit across the spectrum of different kinds of activities. But um, each one has been fun, um, mm -hmm. very interactive in their own way. And, and we also remind our staff that this time should be treated like any other meeting. So this isn't throwaway time. This isn't time um, that is optional uh, really and so you know we want people to come together and take this take the time to be together in that space you know you just have to make sure they understand the importance of it um it's not just fun time that that they can just toss away or um, schedule something over we really want people to be there if at all possible yep um and so i'll quickly go through some of these others um one tip is that space matters um, my colleague, Kegan, said it really great um, when we were at AMA that, you know, kind of dull space breeds dull ideas. Um, and so where you can, I know we all work at institutions and sometimes those are very um, institutional. <laughs> um, you know, where you can is, is just finding, creating a space that is comfortable, welcoming, um, and again, sort of lends itself to creativity. And so we have covered um, entire walls with whiteboard paint so that you literally can write on the walls, toss out ideas, draw funny pictures, um, whatever it is. We have a magnet, a whole wall that's a, a magnet wall so you can 
put up ideas or examples of things that you think are great ad campaigns or quotes or what, whatever it is. Um, it's, it's just space that we provide our people and they know it's theirs to use um, to help them be creative. Um, we, we talked about this, especially with the, the Newport example, but learning something new. So where possible, you know, having people learn some skills outside of what they do every day. Um, you know, we really try to encourage our creative staff. Our writers are open and encouraged to comment on design. Our designers are encouraged to, to comment and provide feedback on copy. You know, it really is um, developing skills that maybe that people don't already have. And, and again, that helps break the routine and just do something different in their day. And, and we find that people really enjoy that. Um, the other additional one to that is we work on college campuses that have amazing things happening on these campuses. So we will also uh, schedule time to take a tour of our um, nuclear engineering. So we go to see, not the reactor per se, but um, you know, take that time to go out and find out what's going on in engineering, take a tour of the fermentation lab, um, take a tour of our stadium and the world's biggest closet, which is our, uh, belongs our football team. Yeah, belongs <laughs> to our football team. So, so again, just find out where you are as a as an organization. Right. And so the the next tip is bringing in new people. You know, a lot of times we find that when we have a marketing or communication challenge, we're bringing the same group of people from campus to the table to help us solve this challenge. And yet we, our campus is, like Melody said, are resource rich. We have social scientists, we have engineers, we have people who specialize in natural resources or um, just all these different areas. And so, you know, where are there opportunities that you can bring someone different to the table to help you look at a challenge from a different perspective? And, and we find that we get a lot out of that as well. Yeah, it was the Dean of our College of Education that made the statement to us at the retreat about you have to give time to be creative. And so he wasn't even a marketer. Yeah, we get some great gems and nuggets and takeaways when when we can branch out of our just our own area of expertise. So, um, tip number seven is bring your passions to work. I think this one is is pretty obvious. And so, where people have personal talents or things that they're really passionate about, where can we infuse those into the work we do? Um, sometimes just having them talk about it helps spark an idea in in someone else. So, I don't know whether that's painting, scrapbooking, playing music. Um, we have found that we're able to use that a lot. So, you know, maybe it is someone in our office who's able to play music as background for a video and, and compose something or, or um, you know, who knew that someone had amazing um, drawing skills and then were able to create some sort of animation or illustration from it. I mean, it just, you never know where you're going to find these um, pots of gold, really, from your people unless you um, allow them to bring some of their outside world into the office. Um, Oh, tip number eight is my favorite. It's a follow the thread. And, and that goes along with not being afraid to toss out any idea, even if it seems like a crazy idea. Um, we have a really great example with this one. We were trying to think of a, a student engagement event that we could kick off the fall term with. And, and we're all sitting around a room trying to think, well, what would, real, what would, what would grab so attention cool. and be so cool and, and that students would want that to, they would actually come to come to on a Friday evening? Um, and somehow, some way, we were on some thread of conversation and someone said something about, wouldn't it be great if we could just do some fireworks? Fireworks are awesome. And, you know, at first everyone sort of laughs and is like, oh yeah, fireworks. Um, and then we had this moment where we paused and said, well, why can't we do fireworks? Um, you know, they shoot off fireworks from our football stadium all the time or um, shoot them off in our baseball stadium. Yes, it was. Um, the event actually took place in the, you know, two championship stadium for yeah, We're going to toss that baseball yeah, we'll team back, back in there for you. Um, Ouch. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we thought it would be fabulous if we got a thousand people. Well, we filled the stadium with 3,300 people. And we drew community, we drew current students. It was fabulous. And a lot of that was because of the fireworks. And fireworks are more affordable than you think. Right. Um, so for <laughs> us, it was, you know, why can't we do this? And we found out that we really could. And so again, just not being afraid to keep following that conversation because you don't know where it will lead. And, and sometimes it leads to something really great, um, which leads me into tip number nine, which is don't be afraid to fail. Um, you know, like we talked about earlier, there. There are times where 
I think this is a big inhibitor for people because you know we always want to show our best selves and 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 we no one likes it when an idea doesn't stick or gel or you know a marketing campaign doesn't go over as well as you thought but um, you know really I find this to be true and especially brainstorming sessions that if you create that environment where there's a safe space or that low risk um, people are, are not afraid to toss out those ideas um, and, and maybe something won't go over as well. I mean, we had no idea that the fireworks event would be popular or not, but you know, we were willing to try it overall for an you know an engagement event. The the um, financial risk was was very low, um, and so you know we were willing to do it. We had the supportive leadership that that um, were willing to go along with us, um, and in the end, like I said, we walked away with something great. So yes. um, it can happen. Um, and our final tip is um, committing long-term. Um, again, this is stuff that takes time. Creating that culture and environment like you mentioned earlier is something that, that doesn't happen overnight. Um, getting to know people takes time. Developing relationships takes time. Um, and, and you really have to be in it for the long haul. You will see some immediate rewards. You know, I know we're all people that enjoy instant gratification and you will in fact get that. Um, but really where where you get the, the best stuff is long term and, and right. um, you know over the course of a year or several years or whatever it is I think you know we've been able to do that here and, and I think that shows so mm -hmm. um, definitely um, worth it to stick with it and that's Great. it that's pretty impressive so terrific thank you for sharing your top 10 and I'm, I'm intrigued do we get to hear about your your spirit animals <laughs> um, mm -hmm. sure uh, mine was an otter and it's an otter, which some people found really interesting because they thought, well, I never knew you liked otters. I'm like, well, you know, it's not, it's not that I like or don't like. I looked at the otter from the spirit animal, um, looked at um, the person whose month it was, actually sent out some links to where you could um, look at what your spirit animal could be so you could match it up with who you are, looked at the Myers-Briggs training and how this, the animals will reflect um, what your, you know, I'm an ENTJ or something to that effect. Um, so mine was an otter because otters are very curious, they're very optimistic, um, they like to play, and it was something that I felt a big connection to the state of Oregon. When you go to the Oregon coast and you go to the aquarium there, there are otters out and they're playing and they're having a good time, and so mine was an otter. Um, at the risk of sounding crazy, I will share my spirit animal. <laughs> um, the animal itself is not weird, but how I drew it and um, its personification is a little different. It's a thug panda. So uh, my actual image is a panda wearing a bandana. Um, so panda bears in general, I picked it because they're a little mysterious, um, but also very friendly and outgoing. And who doesn't love a cute, cuddly panda, frankly? Um, and it's wearing a bandana really because you know I, I can have a little bit of an edge to me as well it's just not all smiley and friendliness all the time um and yeah i just i it i felt like a panda spoke to me in my intellect and, and, and personality so that's what i picked but we have a wide variety of spirit animals in yes, our office <laughs> everything from dragons and polar bears and leopards. orcas leopards um rats Yes. and um, gazelles so we we are quite the zoo <laughs> our we cover the gamut but it was really interesting because you know as people talked about why they chose um, that animal uh, it was it was very enlightening it was we learned a lot about mm -hmm. each other sounds like you have uh, an endless supply of material with those <laughs> um, yes <laughs> and we are going to hang them on a wall in our office so again, not just doing something for the sake of doing it, but hanging on a, on a wall is a reminder of our personalities yeah. and, and the team that we work with and creating that fun environment. So, um, And then again, it was team building because I don't really draw that well. So I was paired up with a graphic designer who helped me. Um, so some of that was me starting out and her helping me as I went along. So again, it was um, a team building exercise too. Yes, I could not have accomplished mine without the help of someone on our team. So <laughs> well, great. As we as we wrap up, and and perhaps one final takeaway would be: Do you have any other resources or uh, sources of, of personal inspiration for you, or uh, other places that you might point listeners to in terms of 
feeding that, uh, feeding those ideas for uh, helping their team uh, be creative and helping them to spark creative ideas within those that that, that they work with. So, any uh, any ideas there or or sources that that you would recommend? I didn't I didn't have one source for this. I think as marketing um, professionals, it's really important that we stay aware of what's going on, not only in higher education, and I think sometimes we can get very tunnel vision with, you know, who's doing what in higher ed, um, but looking outside of our field into other industries. So we use Slack here um, in our department as a, um, you know, communication tool between each other. And since we started using that, we're fabulous at just posting you know, was it a TV commercial from the Super Bowl that you really liked? Was, you know, here's a campaign that some company is doing that, you know, brought tears to your eyes, or is it just a really cool way to do motion graphics or um, anything like that that gives us inspiration? So we've set up the tool that people can share that information really easily with each other. And I've been really pleased at how much people are sharing and the interaction that's going on. Um, you know, it's digitally, you know, people aren't getting up from their space necessarily, but it's still a conversation that's going on, and I think that's really great. Yeah, I think um, there's a few resources we've looked at um, individually and as a team. Um, there are some organizations in the corporate environment that I think do this really well and, and breed creativity um, in their space. Zappos is one example, and, and there's a book about their approach to work that we have read and, and shared. Um, you know, so I think there are plenty of resources out there and some really great examples and, and the key is just like Melody alluded to kind of just providing the space for our team to talk about and, and share what we find in the world. And um, so I think, yeah, Slack is, is one way that we've been able to do that or sometimes it's carving out time in a, in a staff meeting to do that as well. But, um, you know, I, I, the nice part about our team is that I do think people are really um, paying attention to what's going out, going out in the world. and, and and willing to bring those back in and, and so we draw a lot from that so excellent well this has been a lot of fun and certainly appreciate all the ideas that that you both shared and just i can sense the energy from the two of you so uh congrats on the great work that you've done with your with your team and, and the work that you do for your university thank you. so thanks as always to m stoner for making marketing live possible and be sure to get reminders about this and other episodes by subscribing to the higher ed live newsletter you can browse the archives at higheredlive.com or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I'm Rob Zinkin. Thanks again for tuning in to Marketing Live on the Higher Ed Live Network.